Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series Podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Rod Wilt, the Executive Director at Penn Northwest Development Corporation. Rod, how are you today? Great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. I've watched a number of episodes, and I feel like I made the big time. Hey, no, we're we're thrilled to have you here. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the past year. You're just about a year into your role at Penn Northwest, right? About October of last year is when you joined. Yes, seems like yesterday. Yeah. So, well, I I tell you what, joining you know really leading an organization, you know, in the midst of, and we're still one, you know, working our way through this whole pandemic. So I'm sure it's been an interesting year to say the least. It has been, and it's taken Penn Northwest in a couple of uh, interesting new directions. Uh, We never were much in the grant administration business, but as a result of of COVID, we've, um, you know, for a number of purposes, number one, just because we had uh, the manpower here to help out. Number two, uh, most of these grants have a grant administration component, so it helped us kind of fix our income statement. It was a revenue generator for us. And... um, you know, so we did a lot of that over the last several months and really gave us a, uh, a really, you know, deep down look at how Mercer County business is doing and um, been amazed by the resiliency of many of our local entrepreneurs and business owners. Uh, it's also been great to have their face light up when you call them and tell them that they've been right. awarded in a, a local grant over and above what they were able to get on their own through some of the federal programs. So that's been a real um that's just been a real kind of uplifting experience that we've had here on our team in the last several months. I'll say, and, and, and I definitely want to get into the nuts and bolts of PNDC and the great value and leadership it provides. Uh, but before we do that, let's let's take it back a couple years, right? So uh, what did you want to do as a child? Did you think as a young lad you would be doing this today? <laughs> well, I can tell you, I grew up, my dad was an elected official from uh, for my entire, uh, all but my first two years. I was born in 1964. Uh, my dad actually ran for office in 66 for the state house and lost, and then in 68, uh, got elected to the state house. So my earliest recollection, and actually when he did that, Jeff, uh, my grandfather was also a state rep down in Allegheny County. So it was the first time a father and son ever served concurrently in the state house. So um, you know, I, I had that as my father and my mom um, as a PhD, a couple of master's degrees, and she spent her entire professional career as a uh, professor and department chair at Teal College. So, you know, I kind of grew up, um, you know, with um, two highly motivated kind of public figures in my life. And um, most of my formative years were spent on Teal's campus being babysat by any number of uh, students at the time. But uh, from the time I was seven years old, I I started wrestling and that was really my whole self-image identity. Everything was wrapped up in that sport and even continued into my high school uh, and into my college. I I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. And um, in the process of that, I I, I sat beside in Shakespeare class because I have an English degree as well as a business degree. Uh, There was this great looking girl that was a year ahead of me, actually. Uh, She was a senior. I was a junior. And we we. we went out one time and 35 years later, 36 years later, we're, we're still together. Wow. And uh, when that happened, I had to, I, I had in my plan to come back and do my student teaching and, and coaching. And uh, 
uh, start down that path. And she says, hey, I got a job in Pittsburgh. So you, you got to get done with school and you got to find a job and get moving. So that's exactly what I did. I got a job in finance, commercial real estate finance. And uh, that kind of led me on my banking path. And uh, so as a kid, I just it was always going to be about athletics for me. And it just uh, I stayed active in the sport through being a, an official and kind of rode that up to a really high level. But um my life has never gone as planned, Jeff. Yeah, well, <laughs> never. It usually doesn't, for sure. Well, well, officiating, so especially wrestling. I mean, you're you're doing you're you're. What's the goal of a, an officiator in in a wrestling uh, match, right? Oh, a wrestling referee. Where I was in the college ranks is uh, there's only 20 guys. Our Super Bowl is the NCAA Division One college championships, and there's right. only 20 guys from around the country thousands of guys doing matches, but uh, only 20 guys get selected for that tournament. And uh, unfortunately, I never achieved that goal. I, I did get the uh, Division II Nationals a couple of times and got to see some interesting places like Northern Colorado University and North Dakota State. But uh, nice. yeah, I stayed active for over 20 years and uh, got to do some matches at Rec Hall, Penn State and Ohio State, did the national duels and uh, did a lot of high-profile local matches at the Division three, Division two level, but uh, did the Mid-America Conference Championships a number of times. So I had a great run. I loved it. But when I turned 50, um, my wife and I were splitting time between Pennsylvania and Florida. And uh, she said, listen, I'm not, I'm not sitting down here in Florida and watching you on uh, Zoom or a TV officiating wrestling matches. You need right. to knock that off. <laughs> right. So I'm still a fan, though. In fact, I'm watching the Olympic stuff now going on. So. Well, so what do you what do you like about wrestling as a sport? I mean, the the it's 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 technically you know really one on one, right? And it, and the the integrity, the endurance, the commitment, the gr it's a sport about grinding, right? I mean, literally, small moves make a big impact. Oh, I, I you know what? I've never heard that before, and man, that is just great. I wish I was still doing radio because I would uh, <laughs> I would use that small moves, big impact. But I, I will tell you that my entire personality, how I view the world how I view my personal relationships with other people. Um, you know, I know, I know I have a very huge Rolodex uh, contact list, I should say for the younger listeners, but yeah, <laughs> but I, I, you know, just my, um, but my inner, my inner circle is relatively small because I, I um, just the intensity that it takes to be successful in that sport. Uh, my son's a baseball pitcher and actually um, still trying to rekindle his career. He played at, at the low level of pro baseball. And now that he's uh, actually just gotten over a bunch of injuries, he's going to give it one more shot, but it's the same level of intensity. I'm attracted to golf. That's really where I've taken my interest in athletics now, because I just always have lived by this motto in, in my personal life as well, that if it's to be, it's up to me. Right. And, uh, right. I think, you know, wrestling just teaches you to be a, a pioneer. Um, I'm a risk taker, but not a chance taker. You know, there's moves in wrestling, especially in tight matches that might be just slightly out of your repertoire, but you might need to go into that toolbox a little bit just to try something different to get that last point or whatever. Those are calculated risks. But mm -hmm. if you just take a chance, especially in a wrestling match against a good guy, you usually get crushed. <laughs> so, right. you know, my own personal philosophy uh, in, in my life has always been, I, I'm willing to take those risks, which is why I've had really six separate careers since I started in the banking business. But uh, I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a chance taker. I'm not going to be that guy jumping off that cliff and wondering how deep the water is. That's not me. 
Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is probably very important advice for business owners and entrepreneurs, people you work with every day at Penn Northwest, right? So that well, well, you know, wrestling also taught me, and I mentioned earlier with my relationship with my wife, and we really got married when we were kids, you know, 21, 22. Now we're in our late 50s, mid to late 50s. But, you know, I, I learned early on in my professional career that if you can take care of your home base and have a good, solid foundation, do the difficult things and keeping your family together, you know, spending time with your kids, making sure that when you when you are in, step over into the professional realm that you're not being bogged down mentally or emotionally. Uh, so I've you know, my wife and I have really worked hard on having it together together. Mm -hmm. And it's really helped me in business through all these crazy tr twists and turns that my life has taken. You know, she and I have just uh, we've just gone through it together. And so I, I think people that know us as a couple kind of sit back and say, you know, wow, not every day is perfect, but these guys are kind of down for anything together because we realize together we're going to it's going to turn out OK. So that's one of the philosophies that I've taken forward in business. And that's not to say that some, all relationships have to work out. And sometimes second marriages are better than the first. And I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying what's worked for me is making sure that, you know, my home life has been very, very stable and steady, especially when I, I did make that career path and, and went to Harrisburg for 10 years. You know, our relationship got stronger, even though I was only home half the time. Mm -hmm. you know, this, this constant communication and, and um, you know, running back and forth in the middle of the night, four hours one way from Harrisburg. To, I used to kid folks in Harrisburg. I said, I should have run for the state house in Ohio because I'm an hour closer to Columbus <laughs> than I am to Harrisburg. Right. Right, right, right. Anyway, uh, that's just a big part of who I am and what what I've brought forward in in business is this 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 grinding it out, as you said, through the wrestling. And I've run a marathon and done triathlons and race mountain bikes, and now I'm into the golf, which is an individual pursuit. Um, but those are the two things I've really tried to keep really in focus: is making sure that you know the home base is steady and solid, so that I can go out and now in my role at Penn Northwest, you know, help other businesses succeed in our county. Absolutely. Well, what, you know, this sounds like a lot of this has probably informed your leadership style and your leadership philosophy. So how would you characterize your leadership style? It's hundred percent relationship based. You know, when I interviewed for this job here and uh, I, I said, you know, one of the things that's extremely important to me is building our home team in our office and having us be a unified voice for the organization. That means being very transparent. We really don't have a silo or each of the four of us and then we bolt on about another three or four interns at any given time but you know we have a horizontal org chart here and mm -hmm. everyone is responsible for making sure that the commitments that we all make to each other and to the our constituents are carried out and that means you know uh five minutes before the next meeting starts there's a knock on the door saying hey five minutes guys and then we got to move on to the next so it's being accountable to each other and and, you know, I'm not deeply involved in our team's personal life and what they have going on outside of work, but the door is always open to discuss that and help them work through those situations. And I'll be honest with you, over all the years that I've had people working with me, uh, I've had very little turnover. And even if there is turnover or I leave to pursue something else, those relationships have continued in my life. So I'm very uh, intentional in who we bring on the team to make sure that they're a good fit because it's going to be more than a, a job for them. It's going to be, you know, part of their, we become part of each other's lives and therefore we can get through some tough times. But the most important thing in saying that Jeff is um, if we disagree with each other, we can have a very, very 
rigorous discussion back and forth to get to the best outcome, mm -hmm. it's all business. You know, right. at the end right. of the day, you know, uh, the word love gets thrown around a lot. I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean, we, we still love and respect each other. Right. And even though I grew up in a political family and spent 10 years of my life in politics, you know, politics is not a litmus test for me. Um, you know, uh, politics does not make a person. So, you know, I can have people working around me and working with people. Uh, we have 160 some members here at Penn Northwest. I don't know what each one of their politics are. I don't really care um, because it's not a litmus test for me. You know, I've never gotten hung up in what somebody's personal political ideology is when it comes to having a relationship or helping them build their business. So yeah, that, that's important. And that, honestly, that's something I, I struggle with and many others we've talked to struggle with is, is you mentioned that it's business and we're all here to achieve common goals. Um, how deep do you go on a personal level? And I, and I struggle with literally, you know, you might know their family or immediate family and you might want to support them. But um, that's interesting. I, you know, I've never been able to quite grasp like how deep you go about talking about significant others or. Uh, and the thing I is, know. I don't talk about it. I don't really talk about it a lot, but I give them the freedom to go handle those situations. So right. if you have a blow up at home, a flare up, you know, some of us are dealing with aging parents. Some of us are dealing with teenage kids. Mm -hmm. Some of us are dealing perhaps with a sibling that's doing. I, I always encourage our team, please go take care of that. Come right. to work with a clear head. If you need a half a day or a day to work that out, if you need three days, look at a Friday, look at a Monday, tack it on to the weekend so that when you come here and I'm going to do the same thing, I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not doing. Um, you know, sometimes you just need to be flexible enough to give people that mental health day to go deal with what they need to deal with. And around the office, you know, we're very transparent about it because you know what? Everyone's going to have their time in that fire. Everyone's going to go through something. You right. might be on your high for this year, this month, this week, you know, for a period of months or years, but sooner or later, you're going to be faced with some adversity and you're going to need that support from your peers at the workplace to deal with it. So thankfully with a small staff, uh, we are really good at filling in for each other, but that's just always been one of my management philosophies that we have to have people that are ready to go when they get here. And if there's something at home going on that's serious enough that keeps them from being focused, I encourage them to stay home and take care of that. So absolutely, really need to that's know about advice. Advice. I just trust them enough to know that we love them enough and we appreciate them enough that they need to take care of that home base first. So when they get here, they can help our members and each other achieve a, right. uh, a high level. Well, trust. I mean, that sounds so. I mean, I'm hearing so many great things here, um, especially that word trust, right? And and we're not robots, right? And our team members are not robots, and you can't expect them to just come in and, and perform robotically. But um, I guess that word trust leads me to the next question around you know potentially leadership mistakes. So. I'm sure you've probably trusted, given so much trust that you may have gotten burned over time. Has that ever happened or have you had any leadership mistakes in that scenario? Well, you've just hit on the leadership mistakes. You know, the leadership mistakes is, you know, uh, you know, not not doing a deep enough dive sometimes when you when you see something that doesn't sit right with you and you say, well, you know, I, I this this person's been around a while. I've seen them work through other things and really not maybe asking that question and seeing that they really are struggling. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so almost that old adage, you know, giving them enough rope to unfortunately hang themselves with. So, you know, the, the leadership mistakes I've made, it always comes back to me. And I remember when I was a, a relatively young guy, I was managing these two guys right out of college. We were in another city doing a program. And I called back to our program manager and I said, I can't get these damn kids to do anything. You know, <laughs> everything they do is wrong. They're doing everything we talk you know, everything I thought that they were supposed to be doing, they're not doing. And he said, Rod, did you did you start the morning off with a game plan? Did you bring them together? And I'm like, well, no, I just assumed that we were all here to do a job and they're going to do it. And he says, no, 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 no. You can't expect anybody to do anything that you want them to do and direct them unless you give them the direction. You know, and it, it struck me. That's when I quit being a kind of a, a player and started being a coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now we do a lot of either formal staff or informal noodling uh, about just to make sure not that they're not that, you know, people here at Penn Northwest or in, on my staff when I was in elected office are doing what I want them to do. It's what is the consensus we're going to build in those either short or long meetings so we can go down that path together. So my management mistake was not communicating enough directly and transparently when I saw there was a problem and the problem just exploded back on me. Right. But right. I was willing to point the finger at myself too, and just take it. And I think that's just having dealt with some heartbreaking losses, wrestling for a national championship at the division three level and losing mm-hmm. uh, twice, you know, right. it's kind of like, you know, I've taken those losses. So kind of as much as I hate doing it, you know, admitting when you're wrong and just, or just taking one for the team, I think that helps build that trust. Absolutely. And that's not to say I'm a martyr and I'm going to, you know, fall on every sword for everybody, but there's that sometimes you just got to take it. But I think you also got to be the first one in a, in a setting to say, Hey, wait a minute. It didn't go the way I hoped it would go primarily because I didn't do a good enough job preparing people for whatever we were trying to pull off, right. whether that's a membership meeting or a board meeting or whatever. Hmm. So you raise an interesting point there at player to coach, right? So how often do you, observe business owners, you know, in, in the span of your career, be it in business or uh, as an elected official, business owners that want to be players, they love the business so much, they're still players and they never evolved a coach, or maybe they p- play player coach. How important is it to, to be a coach at some point and, and walk away from being the player? It just depends what your objective is. And if you really love the game, mm-hmm. if you're an owner of a company and you really, really, really love sales, you know, maybe functioning as the chief executive officer or the chief offer or the chief operating officer probably isn't the best role for you. The biggest impact you can have is building top line revenue. Right. And you'll hire that. You know, we all know this sayings, you know, the A students teach the B students how to work for the C students and all that. You know, I find that always hilarious growing up in a family of uh, uh, at a high level educator. You know, I, I, I think that's hilarious. But yeah. Um, you know, there's all those little adages out there. You, you, you never make your top salesman the sales manager because you take them out of what they're doing best. Um, you know, so I, I think that's some of what uh, is interesting. Right before this call, we were talking about a company, me and my incoming board chair. And I'm saying, you know, I, I, I really think the company at this juncture and the transition they're in, you know, can we put together some tools and our financial toolbox to help them? Yes. But I really think what they need is a recommitment of the owner to be on site mm-hmm. rather than working remote. I really think that's what, in my opinion, they need to try that for a while and see if that wasn't one of the missing ingredients. So, 
you know, uh, part of what we do here and working with businesses as our, we're the, the county certified economic development organization. So if there's state and federal money coming into the county, the commissioners who sit on our board and also fund about 25% of our budget, you know, they can direct from things that come through the county to us. We also work directly with the state and in some cases directly with the federal government on implementing programs here. Mm -hmm. But sometimes what we do is just share our life experiences with our with our companies and see if we can shed any light on what we see company A or B doing that maybe they should try. Or in my case, you know, coming at it from a banking lender or an investor uh, part of it because I've, I've had my own company and had a couple dozen employees and we, we owned a bunch of apartment complexes. So we had on-site managers and leasing agents and maintenance managers and we were doing it remotely, but it was important for us, whether we had a property in Columbus or Cleveland or whatever, living in Pittsburgh, Western PA, that we were on site once or twice a week to do some of these things we're talking about. But there's just no um, substitute as an owner for knowing what you're really good at and being humble enough to put other smart people around you to do the things that you're not so good at. Right. And I think goes for whether you're running a church or whether you're running a multi-million dollar steel mill or whether you're running, you know, a, a restaurant or, or something else, you, you've, you've got to know what your strength is and you got to stay in your lane and you got to bolt on people that you trust that you can deal with transparently, have rigorous discussions with uh, to get to a great outcome and then go forward and then reward them and appreciate them uh, when the job is done. The Brain Gain is a collaborative effort, and we'd like to thank our headlining sponsors, including Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. Also included are Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, the Mahoning County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of the Mahoning Valley. How much of the, your time is spent on, say, it sounds like membership support is, is of utmost importance. It sounds like a top priority. Um, how, how much time is spent on retention and, and support versus, say, pure attraction? Yeah, so our, um, our organization really... Um, looks at four different area areas for revenue generation. And I, I look at us as administrators, caretakers of Penn Northwest to really be focused on the income statement, creating revenue, managing expenses. The board's responsibility is our balance sheet. So we have a lot of board input when we make a loan, uh, whether we have to collect a bad loan or make a new loan, you know, kind of managing our investments. You know, that's more of a, a a board area. And, and this is one area in my life where I don't sit on a board. I'm more of the worker bee than I am the, you know, that I am on that side of it. So, you know, our relationship with our county commissioners is vitally important. Um, our membership, we, we, uh, we're in a match situation, more, the more members. So in that sense, we operate kind of a, as a chamber, but our members are more, you know, smokestacks, uh, commercial warehousing, larger hotels, larger restaurants, people that are really on the front lines of economic development in Mercer County. So we have about 160 of those and another 25% of our membership comes from them. We're very fortunate to be on the list of a number of our foundations 
that are, mm -hmm. are managed by Kyle English here in, in Mercer County. So we get foundational support. And then finally, you know, the fee for service, which is the deal side of our business. So grant administration, loan administration, um, you know, we do, a, we do a lot of that. So, so my time is kind of equal, equally divided between those four, but, but I say equal in terms of not of my hourly day or the hours in the day, but those are the four areas I'm focused on. But, you know, where I spend a lot of time is talking to people that are already in business in the county about what we're trying to do to lift the county up through what I call indigenous growth looking at companies here that are primed to add 5, 10, 15, 20 employees. If I can find 25 to 50 companies in the county that are adding 10 jobs this year, we've helped and assisted. I never say we created, but we've helped and assisted in the creation of 250 to 500 jobs in the county. Now, anyone involved in economic development knows how hard it is to recruit a 500 employer company from another location into Western Pennsylvania, Eastern Ohio. Now Ohio's done a, uh, a much better job than maybe PA has. And we've got public policy issues and location issues. And we go into reasons that that happens. But since I came to Penn Northwest, we've, there's just been a recommitment to our, our companies that are already here to really go out and physically meet with them do some, and we, we're incentivized by the state to do this, by the way, by our business retention and expansion program. We actually mm -hmm. earn points as we do this. And then we have a system where we're reimbursed for those expenses for going out there and doing this triage. And sometimes it's like, hey, everything's great, guys. We don't need anything. We just need to find some more employees. Right. <laughs> Other right. times, it's, man, we're glad you're here because we need to buy a piece of equipment. We need to, incre we need to increase our real estate footprint or we need a bigger building. And then our improvement movement team kicks into gear and we help them find the real estate. We help put together those grant and loan programs. We start networking with the state, whether regionally or, or in Harrisburg to, to put that package together. So I, most of the time, economic development organizations kind of get off in the weeds trying to find that next big employer to bring in a big splash. What I found when I got here was there were a lot of companies primed for growth. And you guys at the Business Journal do an unbelievable job of coming across the line here. And there's not even a line when you and I are working together. It's just right. it's one county to the next. But, you know, when you talk about some of our companies that are just seeing remarkable growth, I, I know our, you know, NLMK, I, I'm just going to mention a few because they're very high sure. level, but, you know, having their best year ever, you know, Joy Cone, big expansion, you know, other companies that are consolidating their efforts regionally back here to the county and new real estate. We had two new companies move in from other parts of Pennsylvania into Mercer County this year. Um, and then I see down at the at the lower level, you know, some of our restaurants since we reopened are just rebounded and having maybe their best year ever. Wow. Um, even though they've had some supply chain shortages, you know, we right. not to get too far off in the weeds, but what I, I was shocked to find out, we just did our COVID hospitality industry relief program here in Mercer County, we had $1.2 million in grants. We looked at almost 70 applications. We made about 56 awards. I was shocked to find out we have restaurants in Mercer County that are approaching almost a million dollars in payroll. Not in sales, Whoa. in payroll. Wow. wow. There's a lot of these family owned co companies that just happen to be in retail 
or you know, in, in restaurants that are a vital part of our economic vitality here in Mercer County. So we started showcasing them and building member events around them and economic development summits around them. So they, and inviting them in to tell other economic development agencies in the county their story. So, you know, through our partnership we have with the Business Journal, Jeff, you guys are helping us really showcase to the world things are already going on here. And picking up on this program, the Brain Gain Insights, we started a program that uh, we've done, uh, we've recorded 13 episodes so far of Discover Mercer County Business. We're recording them up at Teal College right now in their state-of-the-art TV production studio. They look great. They're great yeah, videos. We're, yeah, we're we're on the, we have a PNDC TV channel on YouTube and but you know we're we're interviewing these CEOs or program managers of our nonprofits and having them tell their story about the impact they're making in Mercer County and what we need to do to make this a better place. I think it's already right. a great place, but a better place to to live. We used to say live, work, and play, but now live, learn, work, and play. And I learned that from you, Jeff, with your brain gain uh, system that you've put into place over there that we're trying to emulate here, uh, and you've been helping us with that. I appreciate that. So, so Rod, a, a question. Do you have unique challenges or unique benefits for being, uh, you know, you're in Mercer County, which is literally, you know, tied to the Youngstown DMA, right? The Youngstown market. Yeah. I, for example, grew up in Brookfield, right? Which is, and I considered myself more of a Sharon PA person growing up, right? My, my alignment was towards Shenango Valley. Um, even though I lived in Ohio, technically. So what what unique challenges does that create when you have, say, people perhaps living in PA, going to Ohio or vice versa? Is that good or bad? Does that make it more difficult? I think it's helped us diversify our economy. And there's things that we do share across the border. You know, we had Stewart Health System here and we they have a, a hospital across. Well, I sit on their board, so I get to hear from, you know, kind of both sides. Um, you know, we have companies that literally sit right on the border, right? Uh, you know, so we're sending employees back and forth. That's kind of the easy stuff. I will say where, where the competition rears its head is, you know, quite frankly, Ohio just has more economic development tools in their toolbox than what Pennsylvania does. And when you talk about at a high level, uh, the state of Ohio, they have about 25 people in Columbus working on uh, economic development and generating new business opportunities in the state. Here mm -hmm. in the Commonwealth, we have seven. That's wow. it. We have seven people within our Department of Community and Economic Development that are specifically designated to work on business retention and expansion. Then a lot of it gets kicked down to the counties because we are a Commonwealth. A lot of our government is pushed down to the county and even more local level. That's why people look at the county and say, boy, you got a lot of economic development organizations. I said, yeah, we do. But, you know, local government sometimes is your best resource. So, you know, we have people that are just focused on this particular borough or this particular township or this particular region. And then we we work with them. But Ohio is a very tough customer. You know, if we're both going after the same company to recruit them and they're making a decision, they want to be on this I-80 corridor. You know, it, it's it's a tough sell sometimes to get them to come to, to PA. There's just more tools in the toolbox in Ohio. So that's one time when it's problematic. The advantage that we have, though, is, you know, we get a lot of growth from the south. People right. coming up from Pittsburgh. We get a little bit of push down from Erie. Mm -hmm. So where we sit strategically in that I-79, I-80 corridor, we get a lot of visibility that other, for free. Right. That other counties would couldn't pay for, right? Because yeah. we have millions of people coming through 
the Grove City Outlets, which is a oh, business yeah. improvement point <laughs> for us. Okay. Right. So, you know, we have our challenges and our biggest challenge is we really have this 800 pound gorilla, you know, a couple miles from where I sit that can really make a lot of things happen for a lot of companies. But I think we have some assets here as well. You know, we, we right. have, you know, we have great four-year institutions here that are in the, you know, they're in the private sector, but we also have Penn State here. You right. Know, that's 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 an 800-pound gorilla that we have. Right. We we have the I-79 and I-80 corridor. We have available land. We've got a lot of tax incentives from Keystone Opportunity Zones to um, job creation tax credits, where we try and go toe to toe with Ohio on that stuff. Um, so you know. I, I, it's it's plus and minus, but you know I'll, I'll take our location again up against anybody's location. I, I think Mercer County is uniquely positioned geographically to get traffic east, west, north, south, and um, that's why when I go out and do these interviews with our team and talk to these great businesses we have in the county, that's what we hear. You know, we've got right. great through twelve schools. We have three blue ribbon schools in our county, and oh, wow. the others are far behind. And in fact. You know, the, our, our, our most extensive STEM lab in the county is in a school district. Most people wouldn't believe it when I say it, but it's in Farrell School District, you know, who's an up and coming district. And they have a million dollar right. STEM lab there. And they're, you know, they're teaching science, technology, engineering and math uh, to these kids that 10 years ago weren't getting a lot of exposure to it. And, you know, Farrell schools are I mean, they're an up and comer. So right. we have a lot of those great stories. We have Butler Community College here, which does a great job. A lot of our institutions have a relationship with YSU as well. So we're mm -hmm. trading students back and forth. YSU gives in-state tuition to some of our people in Mercer County. They have programs we don't offer. There's a lot going on across state lines where we cooperate, but uh, there are times when um, you know we've got to fight. We've got to fight like hell to keep a business here so they don't go across the state line. I mean, it's just right nature of the beast it's friendly competition but it's yeah it's right 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 and, and, and it and it's yeah i agree it's sometimes they're probably tough situations but on the whole it's great for the region as a whole right and that, and that's really where you know the unique opportunity lies i believe yeah i know our congressman mike kelly who's a republican talks regularly with you know congressman ryan who's a democrat and they share that border all the way up and down mm -hmm. you know connor lamb comes up from the south and touches he's you know, just won a very tough race, but he's a Democrat. I know Connor. I worked with his father when I was in Harrisburg. Um, you know, so, you know, because of where we're located geographically and even in our county, we have at the state level, we have Republican and Democrat representation in our county, which is great. Right. You know, because we get to speak to different caucuses about what our vision is for the county and we get buy in. So together, yeah, exactly. So, you know, when we talk about politics not being a litmus test for me personally, it's really not a litmus test for me economic development wise either, because I know that we have the support of both chambers in Congress. And I know we have support of at least three of the four chambers in uh, in Harrisburg. So right. it's a great situation. That, no, that's uh, right. I'm, I've learned so much today. I'm really glad we've. Uh, I don't know if you're learning anything from me. No, man. Everything you do, I try and copy over here. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling you, this is fantastic. It's because it, you do have a unique set of challenges, but are but are also unique opportunities as well. It sounds like you're really, as they say, turn turn. Uh, what's the stoic philosophy, right? Turn your your weakness into strength. Is that, that's a wrestling maneuver too, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, but I, you know, I. I say this at TO, you know, I'm on the vice chair of their board and we're trying to grow from 800 to 1,000 students or so. And, you know, that's it's challenging to grow your enrollment by 20, 25 percent. But on the other hand, we're talking about adding 200 
high caliber students, most of which are going to be athletes. Right. So, you know, in, in Mercer County, we have a hundred and we used to be about 130, 140,000. We're down to 106,000. But if we can grow our population back, you know, we need more rooftops. Right. So, but if we can get our population back to that 110, 115, 120, now it's a completely different economic dynamic. It's right. not that hard. You know, when 20,000 people a month are moving into Austin, Texas, I'm talking about 20,000 people over a mission that is going to extend out to the year 2030. Right. So, you know, we talk about these big audacious goals, Jeff, but the numbers, they're not unachievable. You know, True. from a percentage standpoint, it might look like you guys are nuts, but I'm talking about a few hundred students or a few thousand growth in population. You know, if we grow by a thousand, that's really 1% at 106,000. So it's, it's very doable. And, um, you know, I, I look at some consolidations and athletics that are in the news right now here in Mercer County. And it's, it's unfortunate on one hand that they've been forced to do it, but it's an extremely positive movement that 10, 15 years ago, you couldn't get those two school districts to agree on what day it is. Right. You know? And now they're going to start sharing resources to make sure that kids that want to play have an opportunity to play. And they're going to incorporate each school's colors into the uniform and it's going to be a great co-op and hopefully they'll be competitive. Right. Excellent. So, you know, which, which district uh, would you mind sharing? Uh, Sharpsville and West Middlesex. That's just being decided right now. You know, oh, but I know right. the northern part of the county, Greenville and Jamestown and Reynolds, Commodore Perry, you know, they've been doing co-ops for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this is the first time in a long time, maybe in anyone's memory, where two Valley, Shenango Valley schools have been doing it. But you know, I'm seeing, I travel around the county and I make this statement right now. We need to take advantage of this opportunity because we really do have all the right people and all the right seats at the right time right now to go fast. And I really believe that the, the spirit of, of cooperation around this county mm -hmm. to work on the things we agree on and push aside the things that we don't to move forward. If we miss this opportunity, shame on us. This right. is once in a generation opportunity, Jeff, to move this county and therefore have our our region move forward because we move forward. I literally believe if we miss this, it will be another 25 years before Father Time gives us this opportunity again, because wow. it was 25 years ago. It's actually 35 years ago when Penn Northwest started, and it started as a result of bad public policy at the federal level, which trickled down to the state, which destroyed our manufacturing sector here. And we can all sit around the table and place blame but it's just time we drop all that and start sitting around the table and saying yes to each other. Absolutely. Yes to the things we can agree on and the things we can't agree on, let's not let them stand in the way of us moving forward. And if we miss it, we're going to be sitting here with 60,000 people 25 years from now in this county wondering what the hell happened. Right. We right. won't have anyone else to blame then. It will right. only be ourselves. Right, right. Well, no, the time is now. I was going to ask, what what do we need from a leadership standpoint? But you just nailed it, right? I mean, you literally said the time is now. We have to move now, take action now. All the, everything's in place. It's it's all about execution. We got to deal with the elephants in the room, whatever mm -hmm. they are. What have mm -hmm. been those things that held us back? And let's let's bring them out in the forefront and let's deal with them. Mm -hmm. Let's let's get them resolved because obviously they have been what has kept us from doing what we need to do. Right. You know. Uh, and this goes back to the way I, you know, I kind of run my personal life. If I have an issue with my wife or my son or one of my friends, everything stops and it gets dealt with because I can't move forward unless I deal with this negativity. If it, I'm a high anxiety guy, 
it's something I'm very public about my lifelong struggle, managing my anxiety and opening myself up to be, you know, analyzed and evaluated so I can become a better version of myself. So I'm very public about something I was very private about for 45 years. The last 10 years, I've been very, very out there in terms of dealing with mental health issues and getting them out in the, out into the world and talked right. about all oh, that was right. Simone Biles just recently, you know, having a meltdown at the Olympics and I can get into all that. That's something I'm very passionate about, but we got to deal with the elephant in the room first, Jeff. And then we need to really start having these rigorous discussions about how we come together. And I mean, Republicans, Democrats, management, labor, education, business, you know, uh, service sector, manufacturing, commercial, retail, we all got to come together. Uh, and I say, you know, right now in Mercer County, it's it's like we're getting our house ready to sell, right? We're trimming the hedges. We're doing the power mm -hmm. wash. We're doing all these projects that we put off for years. <laughs> right. And now it's time for us to do that. So, you know, we're here at Penn Northwest. We're, we're really engaging with our communities to help them secure grant funding to deal with blight. We did get involved in these restaurant grants, something we may not have done before. Right now we're closing out some other CDBG funds that we're administering, give us another opportunity to look at another segment of our economy and help them. You know, we're really looking internally, but we're having some success externally as well. But internally, these are the things we need to do at the county and with the help of our state legislators, but the county at the uh, township, city, municipal level, and just all come together and figure out what we need to, to move forward. Because this yeah. is a really great place to live, learn, work, and play. You can get a great education here, a very high quality of life. I just moved back here in the last couple of years, took over our family farm in Greenville and dumped a mm -hmm. lot of money into it kind of as a, I wanted it to be nice and see what I could make of it, number one. But number two, I wanted to let people know that there's people that grew up here that still love this place, that are willing to go outside, make a few bucks, reinvest them here, right, and come back to work here. Uh, like I did. And, um, you know, I'm not saying pat me on them. I'm just saying this is what I did. These were my decisions to make a commitment. And thankfully, our board recognized how passionate I was about it. And they put me here for whatever period of time. But I always say this too, Jeff, this job and jobs like this, they're like college presidents and football coaches. You better make your hay early because sooner or later, your message doesn't resonate anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> you only got a little period of time to really make an impact. Right. There's a few legends in our business, just like there's some legend and legends in coaching that have kind of been able to stay there for that decade or two or three. Mm -hmm. But um, these jobs typically aren't like that. You get five right. years maybe, and then your vision doesn't, you, you know, nobody listens well, anymore. I was to say, Rod, less than a year into the less than a year into the job, you've you've made a big impact. We've certainly noticed the impact you've made, and it's been great to to collaborate with you on so many different levels. Um, I, I guess so. To close things up, you know, you have access to an audience here that's you know in Western Pennsylvania and Ohio, and even down. You know, we have coverage in, down into Columbus. So, what would you say? What challenge do you want to issue to our audience today? or motivation? What, what do you want to basically close out with here today? For me, that's very simple. I mean, I've been in public life representing this area of the, of the country um, with all of our unique challenges. And uh, I, I've, I've lived part-time in Florida for the last five years. I'm actually selling that property now to commit more time back up here um, to that endeavor. I, I, I thought I was ready for that part of my life to kind of advance. And instead I've retrenched simply because you can really be a relatively big fish in a relatively small pond here and really make 
a high impact. And I, I look at, you know, our organization, which doesn't have all the money in the world, but we're doing great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I look for these, you know, low cost, high impact opportunities. And business is the same way around here. You can really build a successful company in our market, building on the strengths that are already here. And we talked about education and our existing workforce and the core businesses that are here. But, you know, my challenge is for folks out there is to really understand the opportunity we have ahead of us, that a lot of these, you know, political forest fires that blow that we might see on the national news, we've knock on wood, we haven't been a part of that here. We have a spirit of collaboration. We have relatively low cost of land. We have relatively good tax environment. We have very good incentives to grow companies here. We have a very talented workforce. We've got an education community that works together to fulfill the needs of the marketplace. You know, if we can all get together on the education piece, then we really can create an, an economy here regionally that has a stepping off point for every person that exits the education ladder, no matter where that is. You drop mm -hmm. out of high school, we have a service sector job for you. You finish high school, but don't wanna continue, we have a job for you. You wanna go to a trade school, a junior college, we have an opportunity for you here. You wanna get a four-year degree or a master's degree at some level, we have an opportunity right here. So I'm just calling all the people that wanna come back to this area, if you're out there and you've touched this region. I just did a big mailer to over 13,000 uh, alumni of Teal College around the country, oh. telling them what, what, a, what a great opportunity there is to come back to this region, either part or full time to make mm -hmm. a contribution. And so that's really what I, I, I think, you know, with, with the world we live in now, it's so easy to pick up stakes and move to a better climate, a better this, a better that. I've done that. I can tell you, this is the best place on earth to be right here. Right Absolutely. here where we are. Right here, right now. I'm going checking out other places, but when I, when I, when I want to relax and be with my peeps and the people that make me the happiest in my life, I find them right here. Fantastic. Rod, that's a great place to end. I, I, I can't tell you what, how, how we thank you for all your insight today. You've been generous with your time. We look forward to you know, digging in and doing more with you, right? Because you guys are on a real, I, there's tremendous momentum we see happening with the organization. And so we appreciate all the partnership and collaboration we've had uh, for over the past year. Yeah, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, Jeff, we're following your lead. You started this message years ago. I saw it from the day I took the job here and I've just been caught up in your wake. So I, I'm not blowing smoke at you, man. You are a pioneer, you're a Pied Piper. There's people out here that are really watching what you're doing and we're proud of it. And I'm just proud to be a little part of it over here in Mercer County, but we're really looking forward to uh, furthering our relationship with you and, and the region. Rod, thanks for joining us today. Really, really enjoyed our time on the Brain Gain Podcast. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, because together we're building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development. So if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast player. Your feedback is very important to us. We want to make the show better all the time. And if you would like to give me direct feedback, email me, please. My email is j-h-e-r-r-m-a-n-n -N at business-journal.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. And lastly, would love to thank the members of the Brain Gain Coalition. Those headline collaborators include 
Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoney Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. And joining them are members of the coalition, including Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, MCCTC, the Mahoney County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of Mahoning Valley. Without them, none of this would be possible. So thanks again for joining us today. And remember, together we are building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development.